What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Round the League podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jake. And on today's episode, we have a lot to get into. Playoff basketball is in full effect. Uh, we've had some surprises so far. We've, we have some really good series, uh, in the middle of some really good series on our hands um, as we record this episode. Um, let's get right into it because we just have a lot to get into, and especially we're going to try to cover every series. Some of the series we're just going to be more brief on just because there's not much to talk about. Uh, we'll lead off with probably maybe the most surprising series thus far in the playoffs, and that's the Heat and Bucks. The Bucks sweeping the Heat. Um, what, what was announced on Saturday, they swept them. Um, really not a series. After game one, it looked like uh, it was going to be a competitive series. Game went to overtime, Bucks won. And you thought, you know, if Jimmy and Jimmy Butler, Bam, Adebayo play a better game, that they would, um, the Heat come back, win game two, or some, even, you know, going into game three after the blowout in game two, you thought, and just the Heat were really never competitive. Um, I want to make this more about the Bucks, though. How impressive were the Bucks to you, Jake? And is do you think this Bucks team is different than past years? Um, and I know this is only the first round, and technically they really sh- should have beat the Heat. But do you think this Bucks team is different than past years, where they haven't been able to make deep playoff runs? Yeah, I do think they're better. Um, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I still have the the Nets coming out of that next round, but I do think that they can even push it to seven games. I thought this series was going to go to seven games, but you look at, I mean, they haven't really, I mean, outside of the the obvious one in replacing Drew Holiday for Eric Bledsoe or uh, replacing Eric Bledsoe for Drew Holiday. I said it backwards, but um, I, I think that when you look at, the Milwaukee Bucks, especially in this series, um, they had the better player they had. And, and a lot of it's schematic stuff. Um, again, I think they, they did a good job of taking Jimmy Butler. I think as far as Bam Adebayo goes, I thought it, that was just a like a him thing. I don't think it really was anything that the Bucks did. Um, I think, yes, Brooke Lopez was, was a factor against Bam, but it was more Bam than anyone else. Um, as far as having the better player, they had Giannis. They had the best three-point shooter with Bryn Forbes. Um, and I don't know if that's just a heat killer thing or it's just the guy was, I mean, on a different level. Um, they had the best defense. They had the better rebounding team. I mean, you go down the line and there's virtually every single category they were just a better team in. Um, and so that's why it was a sweep. Uh, and you look at what they can pot- potentially do uh in the future in this this NBA playoffs and it's a scary side I think even you look at Budenholzer and the fact that he was able to put Giannis on Jimmy uh and really just block out the paint make sure that the Heat weren't uh getting to their sweet spot and really just challenging them to make bucket after bucket um every single possession they were locked in so again I think Drew Holiday brings another element Budenholzer has stepped up uh, and you have Middleton, who, again, was was big time. I mean, we look at game four against the Heat, um, where they won that that uh, that only game in the series, and, and he was big when Giannis uh, got hurt in that game. Um, so he's doing the same thing, or he did the same thing in this series, and uh, you got a bunch of bucket getters on that team. I didn't, I didn't think they were going to be that deep, but they really showed it um, that they're a different team this year. So, 
<laughs> I get your point, but I don't get your point. So you think they're a different team, but they still lose in the second round. Well, they're going up against the Nets. What do you want me to say? I don't know. I mean, I, I think that a different team... Uh, I, I mean, I've been on, on board all along as saying the Nets, I, I don't think they go far. I don't think they win it all this year. Um, and I'll tell you, if Milwaukee... I know it's the Heat, and the Heat looked like complete um, crap. And, and I just want to real quick get this out here about the Heat. Um, for anyone... and all 25 of you who listen to our podcast, if any of you think that the Heat were bubble, whatever the hell, nickname you, the Heat have been given now, bubble frauds, this, that, get it out of your head. Um, if it was that easy, why didn't any other team go to the finals in the bubble? So The Heat were for real last year. This year, they were terrible. Um, there's no other way of putting it. Uh, I just needed to get that out there because I'm tired of seeing the, the this is in the bubble. That's why the Heat, you know, they're terrible, this, that, the third, now. Um, that that wasn't what it is. Um, but going back to the Bucks, um, if they play the way that they just played against, if against the Heat, you have Brent Forbes hitting seven threes a game, uh, and defensively the way they play defense. I mean, I'm guessing they're going to match up. And and we're saying Brooklyn. I mean, Brooklyn's up three one against Boston. Boston half their team seems to are now be injured. Kemba out. Um, I, I forget who else was out. Obviously Jalen Brown's out. There's a there was someone else who was out for the Celtics uh, in Game Four for them. Um, basically, only have Jason Tatum, and I think I called the Celtics would win a game in that series just because of Jason Tatum's heroics, and he would have a fifty-piece, and he did. Um, but I mean, I'm guessing you would have Giannis on KD, uh, Drew Holiday on Kyrie, and then Chris Middleton on James Harden, something to that effect. And you know, obviously, I think Brooke Lopez is going to play a really, really huge factor in that series. And I don't want to take too go too much into a series preview because I know we'll do that next episode most likely. Um, for the second round, because basically all series will be wrapped up by the time our next episode comes out after this one. But um, I, I, I'm not going to make a pick yet, but this Milwaukee team looks really, really good. Um, I think Philly presents a different task against Milwaukee because they have that big man, and I don't know how Brook Lopez would be able to deal with that, but the... The Nets don't have that big man that, you know, like Brooke Lopez, who just, he seems like a tower. I know they have Nick Claxton, DeAndre uh, Jordan, but I don't know if, I, I think Brooke Lopez has, I mean, he's an X-Factor, Brent, Brent Forbes is an X-Factor, and then what Drew Holiday brings to that team, and then you have Bobby Portis off the bench, too. Um, this Brooke, this Milwaukee team, which I went on record at the beginning of the year saying, you know, I, I don't I don't like the moves they made, has really paid off. Um, and And... Like I said, I'm not going to make a prediction, but I'm really, really impressed with this Milwaukee team. Yeah, I definitely think uh, they can go far. Um, or, I mean, again, to, to next series, I mean, I think they can go far well, if it wasn't To me, that's next. not far, and, and that's no different from any other year. That you're going to the second round, and to me, that calls for Mike Bootenholzer, probably his job. I don't care who you're playing. This team, their expectation should be championship or bust, or at least get to the finals. Um, depending who they play from out west, so to me it's championship or bust. I know I didn't. Neither of us had them going to the championship. Um, you're you're having them lose in the second round. I don't know what I'm having them losing. Um, I know I just had the Sixers going to the finals, coming out of the East. So you know, I I think that losing second round doesn't impress me at all, and um, it will definitely be uh, interesting to see how far they can go. Um, and I guess that, that and any other last thoughts before we get into 
um, a series I'm really excited about talking about to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, I, I meant they'll they'll go far in this next series with the Nets. I think they'll really challenge them. Um, but yeah. huh? I would hope. I mean, when are, I mean that that next series versus the Nets. And again, I don't want to get too deep into it because I know next episode pending the Nets close out their series versus Boston, we'll get into it. But to me, I mean, if they should go six or seven with with the Nets, I mean, if they don't, then that's a massive failure. I don't. I I would have to disagree because I think them. Well, I, them getting revenge on Miami in a sweep and then taking the Nets to, to I, I think they, they would probably need to take them seven games. But I think even taking the Nets to seven games and sweeping the Heat, to me, is a statement for them. I don't care in what round it is. I mean, that's just how the, the cookie crumbles in terms of where they, uh, where they lie in, in the standings and how it all uh, went down. I mean, it's not their fault that they got to face the Nets second round, but... Uh, I, I think it is a statement. So. Well, if they're a real championship team, I think they should be able to do that. I know it's a tough side of the bracket they fell in, but to me, that's not. Uh, and I think the Bucks would probably say the same thing. Um, that's not. Well, a, you know what the good news is? Mason, where neither of us play for the Bucks or with the Bucks. So. <laughs> well, well, there's good, good news. I know there's not that good of news for Coach Bud, but there's good news for that Bucks organization and that the fact that you have. All three of those guys, Holiday, Middleton, and Giannis, locked up for four or five years. So that's the good news. Yeah. Well, we got more shots have... on it. Yeah. Well, I, I think that I, I don't know if that's the approach you want to take. That you know, you just uh, next year's the year. I think that they want to shut a lot of people up this year. Because and, and again, last point for me on this, and then we'll move on. There'll be na- namesayers, naysayers again. Uh, if they lose in the second round this year, saying, well, they can't do it again. You know, they got by a Heat team that they should have beat, and they couldn't get past another good um, team in the Brooklyn Nets. So let's move on, though, to a really compelling series that even got more interesting just as we're about to record this episode, and that's the Suns and Lakers series. It is tied up at 2-2 as they go back to Phoenix for Game 5. Phoenix won Game 1 look like pretty, you know, pretty convincing. Um, Chris Paul injured his shoulder in that in that first game. Then the Lakers took the next two as Chris Paul just didn't look himself at all. Uh, wasn't efficient. I know, big shout out to Cameron Payne, who has really stepped up in this series. He's really impressed me with his play. Um, DeAndre Aiden and Devin Booker look like vets. I mean, just guys who are in their first playoff series but have looked like they've been here time and time again. Um, and then in game... Four, which was yesterday, uh, Anthony Davis went out with a strained groin. It looks now like he will be um, unlikely to play in Game 5, which to me is huge. I'll ask you this. Is the Suns, you know, I know you picked Lakers in five. That's now out of the realm. Are you still sticking with your Lakers pick to win this series? Yeah, that's that's a tough uh, call for me because now you have Anthony Davis out. Um, for this next game, I don't believe that there's been anything released for the upcoming games. I think they're just focusing on this this next game here, Game Five. Um, but yeah, I mean, when he went out in that Game Four, uh, the Suns really went on a tear. Um, I think they only won by eight, but still, I mean, that second half. Um, and as soon as he went out, DeAndre Ayton started to really kill. Um, and so, I mean, even in the first game, I was like, I, I think you really have to watch for Anthony Davis in this series. I mean, he, he was able to show up, 
believe he dropped 34 in game two and three. Uh, so back-to-back games, he put up 30-plus. Um, but to answer your question, I think, man, I might have to revise my pick. Um, I might have to say Suns and seven now because I, I don't know the availability of Anthony Davis. And if he's not in there, um, I, I don't see them winning this series. You've had Markeith Morris, who hasn't played too much this series. He's going to have to step up more. Andre Drummond, I mean, talk about the pickup. That's going to mean a lot for them now. Uh, and again, you're going to have to search for mismatches. You're going to have to really you forget. You're forgetting one guy, I think, to to add into that keep players and who I think has already stepped up. That's Marcus Saul. But I'll let you keep going. Marcus Saul. I mean, you have Montrose, Harold, Kyle Kuzma. You have a lot of uh, forwards slash centers that are going to need to step up for Anthony Davis's absence. Um, and again, we're not saying that. Um, I mean, they were okay when, when AD was out. I mean, they still had LeBron there. So it's going to be kind of that, that period, what was it, about a month, where they didn't have AD but still had LeBron before he went down in March um, and, like, late March. But I do think that they're going to have to really step up here. I think um, I do think they need to do a better job of containing uh, Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden. Um, these guys have had, I mean, for their first playoff appearance, their first series, it's, it's crazy to think like just how good they've been. Um, and Chris Paul hasn't even been hundred percent. We, we haven't even talked about that. Uh, went down game one. I mean, he put up seven, six, seven, in his first three games just came out, uh, and, and had a, a, a team leading, uh, 18 points, had his best game of the series. I um, mean, he's not even looking hundred percent. So, um, for the Suns to have two wins and Chris Paul not being that guy for them because of that injury in game one, that's got to say a lot about uh, the job Monty Williams has done, but also the supporting cast around Chris Paul. The Lakers got to muster up enough of the supporting cast to, to get the job done. Um, I don't know if you have, uh, I think the perimeter shooting needs probably needs to really gear up and, and, and just scoring the basketball in general because AD, I mean, that's that's a 20, 30-point-per-game score um, where, I mean, you have to make up that in some way, shape, or form, uh, and now you go back to Phoenix. So, I mean, that's that's even worse. So I, I don't know if they're going to be able to get I, – I would predict that they lose this next game. Uh, and, yeah, they're, they're in jeopardy of losing this series. I, I'll say this, um, and from a son's perspective – the Suns better come out, and, and I think Chris Paul, who now, I mean, you could see last game, I mean, he really had his fingerprints all over the game. I know he said after the game, Monty Williams basically told him, hey, I don't think we're going to even play you today. And he said, coach, give me an opportunity. And boy, did he take, I mean, I think zero turnovers, nine assists, 17 points when he had 20 points in the first three games combined. Just, you can see, he, I mean, his shoulder's really starting to feel better. They better come out and, and you know, with a, almost like a knockout punch type of approach in, in game five, because if they do that, I, I feel real, real good about my, I, I, I picked Suns in uh, six, I believe, um, for this series. And I, I'm, I'm really, really feeling, yeah, I picked Suns in six. I'm really feeling good about that. I think um, they need to come out. They're at home. They're going to have the fans behind them and take a command. You know, game five is really always an important game in a series. And if they can take that commanding three games to two lead, um, you know, you know that you always have one back at the crib for game seven. If you lose that game six, even though I wouldn't want to go against LeBron in a game seven, even if he's by himself or AD's back. 
but you know you could close that thing out back in LA. Um, and I think for LA, I think I think that uh, Frank Vogel really needs to look at that Marcus All lineup and and how he's going to use him because he's he, he me watching him in the series, he's been really effective when he's on the court. He stretches the court, um, lets LeBron attack, lets some other guys attack the paint, um, and then Andre Drummond. I mean. I'm not a big fan of Andre Drummond. I've said it before. There's a reason that he was on other teams that just decided to get rid of him for nothing. Um, there's times where he looks great, but there's other times where he's just unplayable. Um, and then I think you look at Kyle Kuzma has always been a next factor for this team. How is he going to come? Uh, the Lakers also missing Contavious uh, Caldwell Pope. I don't know if he will be back for game five. So there, there's a lot of question marks for this Lakers team, but at the same time, I, I hope people really do give credit to the Suns team because they've played phenomenal. Devin Booker averaging 25, five assists and close to five rebounds a game in this series um, has just played phenomenal. I think the last game was his worst game. Game four was his worst game of the series, and even then he was pretty, pretty decent. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, they better the, the Suns better come out with an approach of, you know, Let's knock these guys out while we can, um, especially if AD doesn't play. And even if AD does play, he's not going to be 100%. So, it, you know, I, I think that's going to be huge. And for the Lakers, an approach of just we need to roll with the punches here. And I think LeBron at age 36, I don't know if he can. And, you know, he's beat father time, time and time again, it seems like. Sooner or later, I'll catch up with him. But I don't know if he can single-handedly take this team and win this series by himself without any Anthony Davis. But... I don't want any excuses from people if they lose the series. I think people need to give the Suns their credit because they're a good basketball team. And I even go to say this. If they if the Suns get past this round, I might need to change my prediction as to who comes out of the West and possibly wins the finals because that's how much I like the Suns team every time I watch them. Uh, DeAndre Ayton has just, um, it seems like he's unstoppable at times. Devin Booker can get you a bucket when you want. And then you have uh, Chris Paul who just, I mean, he's just, a, a, a floor general um, where, I mean, it just seems like he can literally direct everyone into what they're going to do, where they're going to do it. And uh, on the offense and defensive end, I mean, it's just phenomenal to watch this team and, and they're really, really fun team to watch as well. Yeah. I, I don't really have too much else to say. Um, I would just say that I, I don't know if I would book them that far um, just because like, I don't know if this team is built for, and and that's kind of what scares me about the Suns, though. I mentioned it before, is that I don't know if I can really, I know I can trust Chris Paul, but outside of that, I'm not sure in late game scenarios, in game six, game sevens, uh, where I can really trust a lot of guys on this team due to the inexperience um, that they have in the postseason, so. That's what, watching, what would really... watching Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. I know it's only been four games watching them through that. That hasn't they haven't proved anything to you. Well, once again, they haven't been they haven't been to a game six or game seven. So that to me is a whole different atmosphere that LeBron has been to. I mean, I know CP three has too, but LeBron has been to, and I mean you have that guy you have to beat. Um and so I, I don't I'm not sure. Again, I, I still think that the Lakers are in jeopardy, but that would be my only thing that I would say that, that worries well, me a little I mean, bit I, about the Suns. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm guessing, and I'm, it's pure guess here, I'm guessing the, the you know, with AD now out, who knows how long he's out. I know, I'm guessing he's going to be out for Game 5. The Suns are probably going to take the approach of, hey, we're going to let everyone else but LeBron beat us. If Kyle Kuzma goes off for 30 and Alex Caruso 
plays all all defensive all defensive first team almost like a, a defensive player of the year and um you have Marcus Saul looking like Marcus Saul of five years ago you know and that's how we're going to lose this series they'll take that but I don't think they're going to let LeBron beat them I think they're going to throw everything that they can at LeBron I think that Jay Crowder um there's a true hate and hatred from LeBron to Jay Crowder it seems like I know a lot of people were on the dirty foul from yesterday in game four um, I, I thought it was basketball. It is what it is. People need to stop complaining. Um, and, and that's another Jay Crowder. I, I think we haven't talked to, we didn't talk about, I mean, someone who really, I mean, yesterday stepped up two for 20 in the first three games of the series yesterday. I don't, I don't know the exact number of threes he hit, but I know he hit a decent amount, um, and really stepped up. He got going with a couple of layups and then finally, you know, he started to feel himself and he hit, I have it right here now. He hit three three balls he went for three for eight yesterday from downtown um so he shot 50 percent from the field in total um someone else so i, I think that this series I, i'm really really intrigued for this series and i, I think i'm really like i said i'm really feeling good about my son's uh in six pick um let's move on now to another series which it's not as close as i think people thought um right now you and i are on the verge of being wrong in this prediction um, and that's the Hawks and Knicks pick. Um, Trey Young has become one of my favorite players, I think, from this series, just because he's embraced that villain role. Um, we'll talk about Trey Young a little later in regards to fan incident, as we're going to talk about NBA fans in a little bit, but I want to get into basketball first. Um, are, is the Knicks season done? The feel-good story of the New York Knicks? Uh, you know, I know they tied the series at one after losing it. They, they won game two, and... New York City was on fire. They chanted, we want Brooklyn. But now, down 3-1, is this, uh, will, will the Hawks close it out? What is it, to, uh, Wednesday night? Uh, yeah, I think they, um, what is that? I think it's back in New York, correct? Or is it, is it flipping? Yes, sir. No, 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 yeah, yeah, it's, it's back in, it's back in New York. Back in New York. I, I think yeah. they'll, they'll end up winning this in, um, in what is it six i think they'll end up winning this in six because uh i think that new york crowd's just too it's it's too electrifying um and i I think that that has a lot to do with um these series you look at them especially the knicks that haven't been in the playoffs and god knows how long um since 2013 but i mean i i do think that they listen the the hawks have done a phenomenal job i mean Looking at them, like, defensively, I really didn't think they were going to be – I mean, when Nate McMillan came over, he's a defensive-minded coach, um, so it makes sense. But they're really good, like, scary good defensively. Like, having Clint Capella, who's able to, to maintain um, R.J. Barrett or Julius Randle from getting into the lane. You have DeAndre Hunter, who didn't even play um, in two of their three games, which explains a lot on why Randall was so effective against John Collins and, and the Atlanta Hawks and in the games that they played. And I mentioned that in our, in our playoff preview. Um, but, and you have to give credit where credit's due to the, to Deandre Hunter. But I mean, really looking at this Hawks team, Trey young, I looked up his stat, the last guy to um, in his first four playoff games to average 25 and 10 assists um, was Steph Curry in 2013. Um, so that's that's kind of funny just thinking of the comparison between the two and now you have a stat that kind of relays that same information. Um, but, but, I mean, looking at Trey Young, it's it's crazy to think how 
I think he's going to, I mean, again, relative to the competition, because Luka Doncic is going up to the Clippers, but when you look at that trade um, in, on draft day from 2018, I'm not saying anything about um, Trey Young being better than Luka, but it's funny just how he's going to be the first one to win a playoff series, if my memory serves me right. Um, but, I mean, looking at Trey Young, the dribble penetration, I mean, when he gets to the lane, there's not much you can do, because... It's either a floater or he's creating for uh, a three outside. And now you have, like, adding Bogdan Bogdanovich has been no joke. I mean, he's providing a lot um, from the perimeter. You have uh, a guy like Kevin Herter who's good on both ends of the floor. DeAndre Hunter can knock him down. You've had capable three-point shooters all season, um, although they had a rough start. I think Nate McMillan has these guys back on track. And they're looking to, I mean, they can get this done in five. I think it's six. But, I mean, looking at this Hawks team, they've done a great job on both ends of the ball, um, limiting uh, Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett. Uh, you, you've got to think a little bit about that Knicks team and think, okay, I mean, if they go out in five, uh, I mean, even six, they were, they were projected to win this series. Um, and now you look at the Hawks taking a commanding 3-1 lead and say, did we – really have too much hype on this Knicks team were they you know too much where you know it was just too much hype I, I don't know how else to explain it but I, I don't know you kind of have to look and ponder uh, about that question because uh, the Hawks are are really showing them you know the uh, who's really taking control of the series right now yeah I, I think and I, I want to get to the Hawks because I've been really impressed with this team. And Nate McMillan, I mean, we, I think we mentioned it on last week's episode, or I know I did. Um, I don't know. I guess they're waiting until the offseason, but if they don't hire him, he's still technically an interim head coach. People don't realize this. If they don't hire him as the full-time coach, something's wrong there. Um, I think they have the best record since he took over in, what, uh, early, early March or late, late February. I know they were playing a back-to-back versus the Heat, and in between the back-to-back, games that they were playing. I know they fired Lloyd Pierce um, and brought in Nate McMillan, who was an assistant coach on the staff, stepped up. Uh, and you saw the job he did over in Indiana, got fired there for no one really understands why, came over and was an assistant coach, got an opportunity with the Hawks now and has just done a tremendous job. But from the Knicks' perspective, I think a lot needs to be looked at Julius Randle. I know it's his first, play- or his first playoff series as you know the vocal point of a team. Um, and I think, I don't know if the, the moment has got to him or what, just he hasn't looked like the Julius Randle of the regular season. And I guess that goes maybe the, defensively, like you were saying. Um, I'm looking here. He has he ha- 15 points, 15 points, 14 points, and then 23 points in this last game. Um, not shooting well at all. 26%. I think, 31. Yeah, I think this game four, just to interrupt you real quick, sorry. Yeah. But um, I think this game four, they had him. Um, him and Barrett had a much more efficient, um, and and they, they still run off by a lot. I watched the yeah, second half of the game, and they they got the doors blowing off of them in the second half. I mean, it wasn't even yeah, close. Yeah, they had their highest. I think both of them had their highest scoring games of the series in Game Four. Um, so, but yeah, keep going. I mean, I mean, to me, you're 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 the the vocal point. You know, you're you're the leader. You know, the best player in the team. You shoot thirteen percent. Uh, two for 15 in game three that was they lost in Atlanta I mean that's un, that's unacceptable um I don't know I, I think that you know th- there's a bigger issue there and and I think that also but Nick fans can't get upset 
because this is just the beginning, I think, for them. You know, I, I would think, hopefully, I say, because um, they have a really, really bright future ahead after this season. With You know, they have pieces in place now, and I think they need to still add to that, obviously. Um, but getting to the Atlanta side now, Trey Young has just, I mean, we talk about villains in the garden. You think back to Reggie Miller in the 90s. Um, there's been guys and, and, you know, just the fans, I mean, just going after him and him just loving it. And just, I mean, not only loving it, but then showing up on the court and, and getting a W in game one in the garden. You know, now he has an opportunity to go back to <laughs> go back to the garden for game five and close it out. I mean, if he does that, he can talk all the shit in the, in, in the world he wants because, I mean, it will be special. And, I mean, he, he's averaging 25 and 10 in this series. Twenty, Excuse me, 27 and 10 in this series. Um, I think he had a triple-double the other night. Um just putting up absurd numbers. Uh, you look, I mean, this Hawks team all of a sudden, I mean, they've really put it together. And like I said, you need to give it up for, to Nate McMillan because the job he's done has just been phenomenal. Um, everything, you know, the, the culture he's put into this team, everything he's done has just been uh, really, really good. I think this is even with John Collins not playing well. Obviously, he played his best game last game in game four before he exited with, uh, he got elbowed in the face and he exited. Um, he's also in foul trouble. Uh, yeah, like two of these games, maybe two or three. I don't know. Yeah, so I mean, you just look. I mean, I think that uh, who was it? I'm, I'm totally going blank now. But the, you know, some a lot of a lot of guys have stepped up stepped up for this Atlanta team um, throughout this series. Uh, hold on, I'm looking here. Um, Kevin, that's from Kevin Herter. I know last game, you know, he, he plays in the beginning of that fourth quarter group before Trey Young comes back in the game. Uh, just phenomenal last game. I know throughout the series he's been playing fairly decent. Um, just, every, I mean, really everyone across the board has been playing really, really good basketball, and everyone's playing their role. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, everyone's doing what they need to do to get the job done. Uh, and I know Gallo has that crazy haircut, but he seems to be, you know, playing decent. I wouldn't say great, but decent. Um so yeah, and and uh, Bogdan uh, Bogdanovich also uh, has been playing well. Everyone across the board. I I, I I'm kind of leaning with you, Jake, in terms. Of I think that they probably close it out back in Atlanta, but I would not be surprised if Trey Young just goes into the Garden and puts up a 35 piece or 40 piece and uh, <laughs> sends the New York crowd out into the night. A uh, very sad, sad fan base um, with nightmares all over again, um, like he did in Game One. Yeah, um, I think before we move on to the next series, I'll give the props in terms of because I know we haven't talked too highly of the Knicks, but I will say Derrick Rose, an underrated part of this series has been him versus Trey Young trading basket for basket, um, and he has been um, very good uh, in the starting group. Tom Thibodeau made that adjustment, um, and he put – him along with Todd Gibson in the starting lineup. Um, and that has been something that, although they haven't fared too well with the other uh, players around them, I think that has been something that uh, has been definitely good for the New York Knicks to see. Um, and it's good for Derek Rose. I mean, he's a guy that has been in the league for 10-plus uh, years. Um, and, again, for him to sort of get a revival in the postseason again, um, it's something that I think all NBA fans should cherish because we won't see a guy like 
uh, or we won't see Derrick Rose much longer in the NBA. So this is moments that we kind of have to uh, sit back and enjoy. So just yeah, that. no, he he's had he's had a pretty pretty good series. Um, I think to me, like I mentioned that from the from the start, I think Julius Randle is who you need to look at in this series. And I think if the Knicks lose this series, they'll look back and say, you know, I think. Um, like what? What could they have done differently to get Julius Randle better? Maybe better looks, just feel more comfortable. Obviously, um, he just hasn't been there uh, or what he was in the regular season. Where I mean, Knicks fans were calling for him to be the MVP um, almost. Uh, so <laughs> I think that that's what they'll need to look at. Derrick Rose insert. I think Tom Thibodeau have done a, a fantastic job um, in terms of inserting him to the starting lineup and trying to get that boost. Um, but I think you see the the disadvantages of this Knicks team, and per- particular offensively. I mentioned it before this series. I said late in games they tend to go iso ball with Julius Randle, and it just doesn't seem to work out. And I think the iso ball has hurt them in this series. I think getting more ball movement and stuff, and I'll be interested to see what adjustments they go into um, going into Game Five. Because to me, the pressure's on Atlanta now. You're up three one. You you need to close this thing out um, and not let the Knicks get. Knicks get back into this series, so if I'm if I'm the Knicks, I'm taking the approach of we have no pressure on us. We're not playing, you know, we're, everything we do is house money. So um, you you have two or three at home, you know, take it game by game, quarter by quarter, and, and just try to slowly inch back into this series. Um, let's move on now to a more kind of serious topic. Um, since the playoffs have started, more fans have been led into the building. I believe a lot of arenas now are almost letting full capacity in. Uh, first time and basically 50 since the pandemic started that you know we're having full crowds at sporting events or close to it um there have been a multitude of fan incidents starting in what was it philadelphia with um popcorn being spilled onto russell westbrook as he was heading into the tunnel trey young who didn't even realize this happened but someone spit on him in the garden which i thought out of everything that has happened i thought that was the worst i mean just spitting on someone that's the ultimate disrespect um, and then you had in the garden Kyrie, which I want to really focus on because I think there's a lot more to that than just uh, a fan throwing a bottle at him after yesterday's win, um, which happened. And obviously there's a lot of backstory with Kyrie in Boston. Um, but just your overall thoughts on everything with the fans and how they behaved. And it's sad because three fans have kind of taken away the spotlight for how, you know, the hundreds of thousands who have been to the playoff games and how the atmospheres have been terrific. Yeah, um, I think there was one more that you didn't mention, uh, but I believe there was a fourth one. I'm not quite sure what it was. There could have been. Yeah, but regardless, I, I think that especially in, in a pandemic-filled um, season where there's, there's not much accessibility to the arenas and then you open up and really try and uh, put these uh, and really try to fill up these crowds uh, with more and more people. And then for the playoffs, it's you have the most people you've had in since uh, that whole entire incident happened with Rudy Gobert uh, and transpired in the NBA bubble and so on and so forth. So, I mean, for these fans to really um, not care too much um, and have the opportunity because really, in reality, of course, it brings in revenue, but the NBA didn't really have. Um, again, it's it's a it's a um, what's the word I'm looking for? 
it's a privilege to to go to these games and to sit down and watch your favorite players play. Um, and it's something that's even regarded to a, uh, you know, to a more, um, it's even regarded more now. Um, and it's, it's a better thing because of the fact that we just haven't had it. Um, so now it's, it's valued even more. Like I'm sure me and you were sitting uh, around and, uh, all these other fans that are listening to this podcast that would love to go an NBA game, especially with the pandemic going on. Um, so for these fans to really just not care too much, um, and I think uh, Kyrie put it, I mean, he says some, you know, really crazy stuff, but to say that um, they're they're treating it like a human zoo, I think it's it's spot on. I think, I mean, there's there's a different item being thrown out in each of these things. I mean, you have a water bottle, you have popcorn, uh, you have human spit, which is ridiculous to me. Um, and I think it's one of the worst things you could do um, in a basketball game. Um, and, I mean, it's even, it's even worse that, I mean, because if you're, if you're spitting at a player, you're obviously close. So to think that you're, you're sitting so close to, to these players having that privilege and then you go ahead and do that, uh, it doesn't matter how heated the rivalry is, um, I just think that it's it's crazy. I mean, you have to sit back and just enjoy the game, enjoy uh, the players and for what they are, and 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 go and have a good time. You know, don't spoil it for for yourself. And and we shouldn't even be talking about this right now because I think that there's there's so much good the game offers, and for people to spoil it, it's 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 really unfortunate. But it's their decision, and it's their decision to go ahead and do that and to get banned for it. Um, and I think that the execution with this has been pretty great um, by the NBA. Uh, there's some questionable things when it comes to on-court stuff, but as far as on off-court stuff with, with these type of things, uh, it's been great to see the execution and the decisions that have been, um, that have been enacted on these people. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, I mean, and it's sad because, I mean, you look at these games and the atmospheres have been great into single, you know, three or four people. And I bet there's been some other incidents, maybe not involving players that people have gotten taken out for. So I'll put it up, maybe 10, 20 people have ruined it for, uh, you know, basically everyone else and made everyone else look bad. Um, all the other fans look bad and get a bad rap for it. And especially for particular fan bases, I know a lot has been talked about Boston in the past um, week or so. Um, and I, I want to dive into that real quick because obviously Kyrie and, and the Celtics have a history. Kyrie playing for them, basically promising them that he would resign and he has the right to take that back that uh, position. And he did and ended up going to Brooklyn after playing with the Celtics for two years. But then he made that a comment, you know, before even going back to the garden, obviously he's been back since he'd been with the Nets, but this is the first time with uh, a lot of fans in the building. And basically, you know, saying, you know, he hopefully they keep it just to basketball and stuff. And listen, how can I put this so it doesn't come off wrong? I think that what the what the fan did with the water bottle is totally it's uncalled for. Um, the band and the rest was rightfully uh, deserved for that fan. But at the same time, I feel like Kyrie instigated a lot um, and people won't say that. I, I feel like some of his comments were unnecessary. Not afterwards, what you said, like, you know, treating them like a human zoo. Yes, that's that's um, totally in line. But I think before even going to Boston, it's almost like he set himself up for anything he would do. He would look like the good guy in this. 
um, which he still is. I'm, I'm not saying he's not, but I think some of his comments beforehand, before any of this took place, and it's almost like I said, he instigated. I, I, I almost saw this coming just because, you know, when it's like you're poking the bear and finally the bear did something at you, um, went at you, and that's what happened. I also think a lot of people are like, oh, we need to see these people on TV. And, and we even saw they showed the face of the guy in Boston. I think that we shouldn't be doing that just because people are going to do this just to get their 15 minutes of fame. Uh, people want attention. Fans want attention. And if they can be, um, you know, inside the NBA getting talked about T and, uh, inside the NBA, obviously on TNT, Sports Center, First Take, anywhere on ESPN, anywhere in any sports show uh, where they get their face shown here. Obviously, we're a podcast audio based only. So, you know, we, I don't even know the name of the guy in Boston or any of them, but or any other of the fans. So, you know, even if I did, I wouldn't bring up their names because to give them, you know, for the how many ever people listen to this podcast, give them more attention is just not, you know, what I want to do. Um, but I think that a big, you know, thing needs to be, you know, with these fans and how they act. But at the same time, uh, I think with the Kyrie thing, I think a lot more goes into it than just a, a water bottle thrown at. Kyrie, um, no matter if it's racially, no matter if it's not racially, whatever it is, um, I think that whole situation is a lot deeper, and I think we could do probably a whole podcast just on that. But I will say that, you know, and people, you know, some people are going to make the excuse, oh, he stepped on the the leprechaun after the game. I don't think anyone saw that. I think we just saw that because it was a video of it after the game. I don't think that's why the fan threw the water bottle. The fan just wanted to throw the water bottle because... um, and for everyone, you know, who didn't like that, I know even Kevin Garnett put out something saying, you know, that's, you know, disrespectful and stuff. People don't remember in the in the late 80s, early 90s, when, you know, the Pistons went to the Garden and Bill Lambeer spit on the on the logo of Boston. I mean, it's just, that's competitive nature. Uh, I, I know Baker Mayfield in, in college football, when he played for Oklahoma, he planted the flag, I think it was in Ohio, uh, for when he played Ohio State. Um, was it? A, I forget who it was now. But he did that, and people found that disrespectful. That it is, but it's also part of you know sports and the competitive nature. I saw nothing wrong with Kyrie doing that. Um, so for anyone you know complaining about that, guess what? You know, too bad. Uh, he beat you fair and square. Obviously, in Game Three, I think the fans got in his head, but Game Four, he came out, put up thirty-nine and eleven, had a fantastic performance where you know the um, Nets put up, I think, 141 points. Uh, not much defense, but their offense was good enough, especially in this game. Um, but that's pretty much it. I, I, Like I said, I didn't want to, you know, I just wanted to bring light to it because I thought, you know, it's sad that a couple fans are ruining it and putting a bad image for hundreds of thousands of fans who have gone to these game, playoff games so far and have been really, really well because I've really enjoyed the fans being back in the building, especially, you know, having 17,000, 18,000 in an arena. Uh, the atmosphere has been fantastic in all these games. I think at the end of the day, it just comes down to a humanity thing. Uh, and I, I know it's, it's cliche, cliche to say that we're all human and, uh, and it's, and it's goes more than just a basketball thing. It's, it's about treating people like you would anyone else. Um, it's just a human thing. And, uh, I, I think, listen, no matter, I don't know the reasons for, uh, for doing these things. I'm not these people, but if you don't like their play style, if you don't like their team, if you don't like, uh, their hairdo, I don't, I don't know what it is, but whatever reason it is, it doesn't call for you to, uh, go outside of the line and to do something that's just 
um, it's not human-like. Like, it just isn't. Um, and I think that there's, once again, the NBA, I'll give props to them once again because I think they've handled it great. But uh, there's, there's really no reason um, for these fans to be doing what they're doing. And, again, if there's any time for us to really enjoy the game and to enjoy going to a, an arena, which a lot of fans would love to do, uh, it's now when we haven't had basketball in, in this in this type of setting in a very long time. So that's that's really what I think. But uh, I, I think people people are always looking for attention. Uh, I guess they got it. And again, they're they'll they'll enjoy games now from uh, you know from the comfort of their homes and not not the not an NBA arena. And yeah. uh, one guy will enjoy it from prison. So yeah. Uh, yeah, you put it perfectly, I think, because um, I, I think, yeah, like you said, I mean, you need to have respect um, because at the end of the day, there are human beings who are playing on the court and you can boo them and uh, and say and talk trash. But as long as it's respectfully um, and doesn't attack their family, I think. Oh, the, the other incident was um, John Morant in Utah. A couple mm. fans, I think it was like two or three fans were saying some um, stuff that I just won't repeat on here. Uh and the sad thing was, is a lot of the, I, I even saw one video, a lot of the Utah fans were embracing John Morant's dad, you know, having drinks with him and stuff. But there was a couple of fans who just were saying stuff that just wasn't nice. So there, there was the fourth incident in Utah. Um, mm. Let's move on now. Before we wrap up the episode, I know we haven't talked about a couple series. Um, so I want to do almost like a buzzer beater type segment. I'll kind of ask you a question, Jake, and you kind of answer it quickly like within one or two sentences that's why buzzer beater um and then i'll give my answer real quick and we'll move on through this so that way we can get through every series here and whoever um if you're a fan of that team that way you can hear about your team you ready let's do it uh let's start out the one eight matchup in the east uh that game is tonight as we're recording this episode you'll probably maybe you'll probably even listen to it after the game uh so the series might already be over philly leads three games to zero um, over Washington, does Washington get a game tonight? Does Washington get a game in this series? I think they end up. I, I believe I took Sixers and five, if I'm not mistaken. So I think they do get one tonight. Uh, it's going to take a lot from uh, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. You took um, Sixers and six. Oh, I took Sixers and six. Yeah. I, I still think they take one, um, but again, I think that they're, they're going to have to. Uh, really, I, I think Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook are going to Westbrook are going to have to have. I can't even talk today. They're going to have have to have a big game today, um, and you're going to have to slow down and beat because I don't think there's been too much in terms of being able to combat that. I know you have Gafford in there. I know you have Robin Lopez, but uh, there have there hasn't been too much answers for Joel Embiid. So I think that's. Uh, I'll take I'll take one game uh, for the Wizards, and yeah, I'll take them tonight. I had Sixers and five. I will downgrade that to Sixers and four. Joel Embiid's too much for the Wizards. I think uh, Philly gets a uh, Washington gets to go home, and Philly gets a break before having to face it, probably the Hawks or maybe even the Knicks in the second round. Uh, let's move on. We briefly covered this Nets and Brooklyn. Or Nets and Brooklyn. Wow. Um, <laughs> we haven't been going that long on this podcast. Uh, Nets and Celtics. Um, Celtics, uh, Nets 3-1 lead. 
Um, can Jason Tatum will his team to make this more of a series? No. He had a great, uh, I believe it was 50-point uh, win the other day. Uh, Tristan Thompson had a good game. Marcus Smart down the stretch did well. But I think the Nets are able to uh, withhold the Celtics and any type of runs that they have and finish the series off to advance to play the Bucks, And we'll, we'll hopefully see that series first. Let's go out west now. The 1-8 matchup, um, the Grizzlies and Jazz. I think the Grizzlies have really outperformed themselves in this series. Uh, John Morant has played terrific, um, making every game competitive. I said that um, they would get game one or two, the Grizzlies. Uh, obviously, with Donovan Mitchell not playing game one, uh, they did. And then I said Utah would kind of gentlemen sweep the rest. Um, can John Morant, it's kind of the same questions for all of these, but um, well, let's go other way. Uh, do the Jazz close this out in five? You know, do they get the last two, one, uh, last one in Memphis, and then come back home and close it out in five? I think they do. Donovan Mitchell coming back uh, uh, fairly early in the series um, definitely propels them uh, to another level. Um, being able to, to take control of games, being able to play make for his teammates. Um, and it's another guy you got to worry about if you're Memphis. I think they're a very exciting team. Uh, they've shown that, and John Morant has been nothing short of exceptional. Um, but I think the, the Jazz are able to close this series out um, in these next two games. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go the same. Like I said in my prediction, I, I said uh, Grizzlies would get one early in game one or two, and then the Jazz would kind of coast to the rest. Um, and they're not coasting per se, but they're uh, getting the job done and Matt in pre- preparation for their second round series. Uh, and we'll get to who they possibly could play if they win in a second. But I want to go down the bracket a little farther. Uh, the three six matchup in the West, the Nuggets and Trailblazers. I think one of the more underrated series so far. Um, I'll ask you this: Is Nikolai? Can the Trailblazers stop Nikolai Jokic in order to get this uh, a win in this series? Obviously, they have they have flip flopped in every game. Game one, Trailblazers won. Game two, Nuggets won. Game three. Oh wait, my bad. Game game two and three, the Nuggets won. Uh, game four, Trailblazers won. They play game five tomorrow night, which is Tuesday night in uh, in Denver. Denver. Uh, can the can Portland stop Nikolai Jokic and win game five and then the series? It might go seven. I'm going to stick to my prediction because um, it's even now. I'm going to say the Blazers come out with two Ws. Um, I think that Damian Lillard has been incredible this this series. Um, and, you know, he shows up in big moments. We know this. Um, I think he's going to have a, a bigger impact than Nikola Jokic. Uh, we might have to start asking ourselves, how about stopping Austin Rivers the other night? I was um, I, I was going to bring that up in my point. <laughs> you hit it right on the head. Austin Rivers sitting on his couch a couple of months ago. The the Thunder didn't even want him. Or I bet him and the Thunder didn't want to play with each other. But I was going to say the same exact thing. Yeah. So that's I think they take two Ws, um, and I stole Blazers in six. God, this is tough. I I had Nuggets in seven. I I I really don't know. I I think I I think this series goes seven. It just has that feeling. I guess I'll stay with my Nuggets pick, but Dame Lillard definitely does scare me, and he even scared me when I made this pick. Um, last, last one, uh, probably the most compelling series that we didn't talk about that probably maybe should have got a main topic in this episode. 
uh, Clippers and Mavericks series tied 2-2. It looked like Dallas was all over the series, winning first two games in um, L.A. Then L.A. came back, won both games in Dallas. Normally, the saying goes, it's not a series until the road team wins a game, but it seems like in this series, it's not a series until the home team will win a game. Will the Clippers have another disappointing ending, ending to their season? No, they will not. And I'm sticking to Clippers in six. I believe that was my prediction. Again, I don't have those yes, pulled up. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but, it was. But short and simple here, I think that Ty Lewis figured out the answer to Luka Doncic, putting in Nick Batum, uh, and not having uh, Ivaka Zubac in the game, defending Luka where he can literally take him up on every single opportunity. That has been big. Kawhi and Paul George have stepped up, shown that they can really complement each other in this series. Um, and what they set out to do when they teamed up um, last season in, in, uh, in that trade uh, for Paul George. So I think that um, they've really found their footing. I see them taking this in six and uh, making a deep run. Yeah, this is another tough. I know I, I had the Clippers going all the way, winning it all. This is tough. I... You know what, I'm, I'm going to go out. I had Clippers in seven. I'm going to go Clippers in six. I, I, I think that the Clippers come back after down 2-0. They went four straight. Paul George has looked really, really good. Kawhi. Um, Rondo, I think, is making a big impact, like I predicted. Um, not to pat myself on the back too much like I have this episode, but uh, like I said. Um, so I'm going to go Clippers in six, and that will do it. We covered everything. We covered all series, a little, some a little more in-depth than others. Uh, by the our next episode, we should have some second round matchups set, um, possibly one or two game sevens um, that will be played right after our next episode. Um, any last thoughts before we get out of here, Jake? And then you can tell them where they can find us on social media. Yeah, uh, that's going to do it. If you guys want to check us out on social media, uh, definitely want to be more active on there. I've been saying that, haven't really been doing it. Uh, so that's two different things. But you guys want to check us out at underscore on the league underscore on our instagram uh tiktok at atl podcast if you guys want to check out the content we have going on over there and then remember that we do this weekly uh, i know today was a monday episode uh the weeks that we do pull this uh we're gonna try and double upload um but regardless if you guys want to check us out spotify apple pods and the anchor app so be sure that you guys give us a listen Let us know what you guys think, and uh, until next time. Peace out, guys. Peace.